Since everyone has a gender journey, Gender Journeys is a podcast for everyone. That being said, we occasionally touch on mature themes and use strong language, so listener discretion is advised. and welcome back to Gender Journeys, the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context. As always, I am one of your hosts, Josie, and I'm joined by your other host, my lovely partner, Elle. Hey, y'all. All right, so what are we talking about on the podcast this week? This week, we're going to be talking about the various types of interactions you can have with cis folk when you're talking about your gender journey. That can range everywhere from simply ignorant to willfully ignorant to actively malicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that all of us gender expansive folks have to deal with. And also, sometimes, I, I, I would argue before we really dive into it, that it's not always even just cis folks that have to that <sighs> do this to us or to y'all i guess speaking as the binary trans person in the room yeah so i mean i think that there is just there's a lot of um there's layers to this gender journey there are there are and before we dive into it though i want to give a shout out to the person who conversations with helped inspire this episode their name is lex they are on my discord and i adore them and they listen to this episode and they're super awesome and also loki Talking with them helped me out with a previous episode, but I forgot to do the shout out that time around. Sorry about that, Lex. <laughs> so here we are, round two. <laughs> and uh, on that note, thank you to everybody who listens to the podcast. We appreciate every single one of you. And if you also want to ever suggest a topic or just, you know, chat with us, we hit us up. Hit us up. Elle has the Discord. I we do. Have I have all of the Discord. The entire I don't dis- know if you know that. All it belongs Discord. to me. True. We're rich. Yeah. No, we're not. We're really <laughs> not rich. <laughs> Nor do I own Discord. I had never used Discord before like six months ago. But if you do want to talk to us, we have uh, social media account links and an email in our podcast description. So feel free to hit us up. We like hearing from people. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you know me from the Discord, you could just DM me. That's true. I'm around. That's true. <laughs> All right. So let's get started, I guess, here with the episode talking about that kind of spectrum. Which end of the spectrum do we want to start on? Let's start on the kind, or potentially kind end of the spectrum. Then we have to end with bigotry. We could start Mm. on the bigot end of the spectrum and then end with kindness. Okay, that's a fair point. Let's do that. Okay, okay, okay. And also, I feel like it's easier to name bigotry and maliciousness. So, like, we can start where it's easy and recognizable. Yeah, that's fair, actually. It's easy to name and see, but... There are people out in the world who, when you talk about your gender identity, your gender expression, your gender journey, any of those sorts of things are hateful and they suck and it's terrible. Yeah. When we talk about these people, it's people that like, for whatever of their own internal reasons, are actively hateful towards gender expansive people. Again, they're easy to spot. They seek out gender expansive people to be mean to they seek out new ways to be mean to gender expansive people. They seek to like actively deny care to gender expansive people. 
Yeah. Those aren't really the people this episode is about, though. No, no, no. <laughs> like, those people are just terrible. Don't feel the need to educate them. Don't feel the need to interact with them. Protect yeah. yourselves from them. Yeah. This episode is not about how to make bigots good people. This episode no. is about how to help people learn. Because making bigots good people is the responsibility of other cis people. It's a side statement. Making racist better people is the responsibility of white people. To all of my white folk out there. Yeah. But in terms of people who are actively malicious to identities that you do hold... It is not your job to change people's ideas. You can just leave them be, leave them to somebody who their hate is not directly unsafe for. Right. So then what's the next one down from that, the next kind of level that maybe you could talk to? Yeah. So the next kind of level that I see is people who are willfully ignorant. Mm -hmm. So people who don't understand gender and maybe don't seek out learning more about it. But it's because of some sort of internalized issues, Mm -hmm. you know? So, like, people who ascribe to heavily enforced religious gender roles, for instance, where, like, well, there's a man and a woman because there was Adam and Eve, that sort of thing, where it's like, okay, you are not seeking out trans people to hate them, but you are also willfully insulating yourself from gender expansive identities in a way that could be hurtful right right and that often will translate into i mean just generally invalidating statements yeah because i think that there's there's a difference there between like hateful statements where people are being like called slurs or told that they are worthless or that like you know they shouldn't exist Mm -hmm. that's actively hateful right but then there is this sort of like invalidating erasure like what you're talking about Mm -hmm. which is its own sort of beast that can be just as hurtful yes oh my god and like pitying falls into this oh i hear you're going through a really hard time but don't worry you're like grow up into a beautiful woman yeah or like oh yeah when i was dumped the first time i thought i could never like men too that sort of shit that's solidly of this class (laughs) right 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 and so is that in your opinion do you think that that's something that we can kind of like talk through with people do you think that that's something that we can try and educate on or is that kind of more their personal journey to go on i think that this one kind of is in between so i think my big thing is like for people who are malicious and who are actively bigoted like avoid those people like literally do things in your life to avoid them does that require moving does that require taking a different class does that require getting a different job like avoid them leave mm-hmm. similar to if your house was on fire you wouldn't be like well but it's my house no like you must get yourself safe right. that's how i feel about like the bigots and the actively maliciously hateful people people in this other category it's like okay What's the situation? How much do you depend on this person? How much of your emotional bandwidth can you put into building yourself back up when they knock you down? Because it's definitely possible for these people to grow and learn. Again, I think that willful ignorance is like a less strong defense against learning than like hate, if that makes sense. So like if I'm willfully ignorant because I... I was brought up as an AMAB person in a very hyper-masculine space and any expressions of non-masculinity were punished. Yes, that. That. That's a beautiful example. So in that situation, it I feel like it's slightly easier for that to break down because like if this is your child that's gender expansive, it's somebody that you care about, 
there's a conflict of feelings, whereas for, like, the hate and maliciousness, there's no conflict of feelings because, like, if somebody is gender expansive, then you can't yeah. love them. Like, it's it's more simple. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think a lot of the willful ignorance comes from a place of out of sight, out of mind. Yes. Like, it is very much like, well, that isn't real because, you know, that isn't real because Adam and Eve, it isn't real because the people around me don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. And once you are presented with it, then you end up with kind of your being, you have to, you're forced to reckon with it. Right. And like that reckoning doesn't necessarily happen very quickly. And like it mm-hmm. can still be incredibly, I think when I think about situations like this, I often think about young gender expansive people and parents who have these various takes <laughs> which is partly because right, i work with young people day in and day out so i think yeah. a lot about their perspective and i think that it's not to say that like if you're not being kicked out of your home or you're not being um called slurs by your parents that like you can put up with it like it's not to say that willful right. ignorance is like a-okay and like you should be fine mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's still an incredible amount of emotional bandwidth and you still should work to avoid but it's something that's like it can be tolerable and right. it can have like an end that isn't separation. Like there's another alternative in which like the willfully ignorant person realizes that they're being willfully ignorant and decides to learn. I think that I have I have two thoughts on that because the first is that one thing we talked about a couple episodes ago with the Home for the Holidays episode is we talked about how if you can acknowledge to yourself that it is emotional bandwidth and emotional work to help people understand you better, yeah, then you can make the decision to go into a situation that might not be ideal and say like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and educate these people or like try and, you know, make this space more amenable to me. And so when someone is willfully ignorant, there is a cost benefit that you have to do. Right. Yep. Yeah. And, and I think tying it specifically to gender, it's also important to like, recognize that sometimes people who are gender expansive aren't always going to know everything about the rest of the gender expansive community Mm -hmm. and i think some people get really defensive within the gender expansive community Mm -hmm. of their gender identity or their version of gender queerness being like the right way i think of mostly other binary trans people that i have uh talked to but also some like non-binary people who think there's a right and a wrong way to be non-binary. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people who experience a static gender who don't think that fluid genders are um, valid. And like, that's not necessarily bigotry, but it can come from a very defensive place of like, I had to fight so hard to come to terms with my own gender. And now you're telling me that there is like all this other stuff out there. And I don't even want to hear about that. And also there aren't even enough resources for X gender. And you want to talk to me about Y gender. Yeah. You know, like, there, it's a lot of scarcity mindset, right? That's what yeah. it boils down to is we're all, we all, the queer community is not always so great at removing ourselves from our oppressors, and instead we become each other's oppressors. Yeah. It's kind of one of the main issues within the queer community because we're so fractured. Like, we have so many, not fractured, but we're so, we have so many different identities under so, one umbrella. We're so beautifully diverse. <laughs> yes, we're so beautifully diverse, and that leads to a lot of, like by erasure and then the whole bi versus pan thing that i'm not even gonna dive into and then like right you and i talk about a lot like binary trans folk versus non-binary and the ways that like media portrays us or doesn't portray us and the ways that our communities interact and then diving even deeper to your point right non-binary and um fluid genders and like there's just so many 
competing mm-hmm. forces that like in a beautiful world wouldn't be competing because like we're all out here for the same goals <laughs> right right but sometimes it can feel competitive and right. can lead to some not great yeah. um ways that people and it can lead to willful other. ignorance too i think yeah. that sometimes people find a gender label that works for them and that brings them a lot of joy and then they're like but i went on my gender journey on to learn anything more and mm-hmm. that's willful ignorance right yeah yeah absolutely so that is willful ignorance yeah. which is a manageable but you have to make sure that you are understanding the emotional bandwidth that goes into managing it and into teaching somebody and taking the time for yourself to make sure that you are like checking in and keeping your own mental health in check yeah um what's the next stage so the next stage is also the last stage and i think that i want to spend a good deal of time digging into it because i think we are so primed as queer people in this society and by this society i do mean the u.s culture but it's pretty analogous to other Mm -hmm. places that used to be colonizers generally right or again in our case still are colonizers it's a different conversation the u.s is a the u.s is a place the u.s still has colonies if you have questions about that hit my dms (laughs) anyway So I think that because of a lot of reasons, including scarcity mindset, including the way that queer people are portrayed in media, including the loudest stories, right? We always pay attention to the worst things that happen in our community. We hear so much about both the active bigots and the willfully ignorant. Mm -hmm. We hear so many stories of children being kicked out of homes and people looking down on us and like everything is terrible. Mm Mm-hmm. And so at least I know when I started like going by they, them pronouns in my professional life, I was so convinced that like something like that was going to happen. Right. That just seemed to be, it has to, right? That's part of using gender neutral pronouns. Right. It's not, y'all. Most of what you run into are this third category, which are just genuinely ignorant people. (laughs) Not willfully, not mean, like kind hearted, but just ignorant people who just were never taught about gender and like in by no fault of their own. I mean, like, of course, anybody could have like gone and done the research, but if you don't have something in your heart and soul that's telling you maybe your gender doesn't fit, like, what is your drive to go do the research? What is your drive to go do the research? And also, what do you find? Because I yeah. I know that one thing, like my uh, my dad, who I've, I've talked a little bit on the podcast before about, he spent a lot of time when I first came out trying to learn about what it meant to be transgender. Mm -hmm. And he was unable to find information on the internet because if you just search up like what is being transgender, my child is trans, like things like that, you get a lot of variable information and it's really hard to find anything that is like helpful. Yeah, especially if you're not well-versed in like Tumblr culture or like Discord culture. Also, if you're looking for somebody else, like what does it mean to be trans get you a very different Google response than I think I might be a boy or either way. Like, I think I might be any gender probably gets you a very different response than like, Mm -hmm. what does it mean to be trans? Because of two main reasons in my mind. First off, there are so many organizations that are actively targeting parents of trans people. Yes. um, My dad dad found some of those early on. Yes. To indoctrinate them into anti-trans thought processes right there Mm -hmm. are people out there who have realized that the easiest person to make 
a trans person's life hell was going to be their parents and that's easy to like indoctrinate them yeah so that's first off and second off so many resources for non-cis people are only for non-cis people i run a discord that's for only non-cis people Mm -hmm. and their cis partners like if you're in a romantic relationship with a non-cis person but not parents but not friends but not people who just want to learn about trans people like and this gets back to the scarcity mindset i think Mm -hmm. in, in my thinking on it but there's only so much resources to go around, so we need to support the non-cis people. There hasn't been enough targeted information and, like, just, yeah. like, general teaching. And and I think on that note, I think there's sort of this idea that, like, if you don't already know about what it means to be then trans, you're bad. then you're bad, then you're yeah. bad. And, like, that's not fair no i mean it's it's also it's not fair to always expect trans people to explain what being trans is every single time they're asked yes and i think that's a point we also need to make yeah is that a lot of what we're talking about here is how to educate people and how to see things from the other perspective that does not mean like i think that there is a um paradox in the fact that a truism that is said a lot is that it's not your job non-cis person to educate cis people on gender right and that's true but somebody does have to educate cis people on gender (laughs) eventually people have to get educated on gender and i'll get to this i have an incredible curriculum that i was taught as an educator that could be taught to children as young as pre-kers that could create a world in which everybody already knew about gender but we're not there yet Adults don't know about gender, yeah. and somebody does have to educate them eventually. So, like, while you are not responsible for educating anyone, honestly, you're not responsible for educating anyone, I think that trying to educate some people, picking and choosing people who you feel comfortable and who mm-hmm. you feel would be worth your time and emotional energy, yeah. honestly, and most receptive to your teachings and most rewarding for you right to educate to have educated Mm -hmm. we would be in a better place yeah i mean because that's the thing is you have to know to educate people and like there are certain people that it is worthwhile to educate and that is not to say that you have to educate everyone no but you know people need to learn and there are resources out there to help make that easier you can use this podcast we kind of talk mostly to not to to non-cis people in this podcast but like not everything has to be for everybody yeah um but then there's also like i know the website gender spectrums we've Mm -hmm. talked about it before on this podcast uh it's a good website yep full of really good resources that are kind of targeted helping people understand gender better so yeah gender spectrum is actually the organization that made the curriculum that i was referring to right yeah they have an incredible curriculum that is meant to be instituted k through fifth i believe Mm. um which for people who are not in the u.s that is from the time that a child is about four from the first time that a child enters a school building to the time that they are about i want to say nine or ten and this these were things as simple as like sorting out colors by boy girl both or neither and just allowing for those other two options that usually wouldn't be allowed for colors and then having discussions as to why kids put colors in different places right because like right pink and blue are gonna go in the places that they're gonna go and with five-year-olds we're not discussing the history of media that made that so but but then like 
okay, where are you going to put green? And like, why are you going to put green there? Let's talk right. about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, like there's really interesting conversations to be had there. Yeah. Um, That's super cool. Yeah. They have a video about it on their website. I really suggest it. It was instrumental in helping me discover my gender. I will link it. It'll be in the podcast. <laughs> well, it's also the remember the one of our first episodes, the spectrums of gender. That was that was part of yeah. That, that was, was from this, and also it has a p- video of small children putting their X's on their three spectrums of gender. And I remember watching it and just being like, "Wow, where would I put my X's?" And I was like, "Wow, the places my X's go are not equivalent to a cis woman." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was our very first episode, actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, throwback. Throwback. It all comes back around, y'all. It does. It does. <laughs> yeah. But yes, yeah, so kind of looping it back then to this idea of educating people who are just uninformed. Mm-hmm. And maybe, I, I think that the big thing here is that a lot of these folks just don't really know where to start. Yep. And you can sometimes, all they really need in order to be beautiful and supportive is like a nudge. You know? Yeah. And also sometimes, and like, this is also acceptable, they don't necessarily know what that whole gender thing is that you're doing over there. But lots of people are out here being like, okay, but you want to be called what? Okay, I'll call you that. And that's fine too. Like, depending on who it is, like, you might be okay with them not really understanding as long as they are respectful of you. And part of being respectful is calling you what you want to be called. But I think about people who are closer to you. So like closer friends, siblings, family members, people who you would rather actually see you for your full self, not just like get kind of like surface level respect yeah and to your point of just like sometimes they just need a nudge to like learn about it gender spectrum is great for that Mm -hmm. i'm sure that there are other resources we could we could try to link to yeah we could probably find some other ones and also like like we said this is something that requires emotional bandwidth Mm -hmm. and you can get support in this yeah you can can tap some of your better informed cis friends you can tap some of your less emotionally invested in that particular relationship non-cis friends and you can like Either make that be like a real, like an entire like, hey, you person who doesn't understand this, go talk to this person who doesn't understand it. I'm a dip out. Or you can make it kind of a more casual thing where you pull in two people into a social situation. And when the questions come up, it has been understood that the emotional support person you brought in for this will be the one to answer the questions. Yeah, that support can look a lot of different ways depending Mm -hmm. on your situation. I've been thinking a lot about the fact that in my workplace currently, I am the longest standing person that's gender expansive um in my current like leadership at my work there's one other person who is also gender expansive but they don't talk about their gender expansive identity quite as much i on the other hand like lead our queer affinity group like i'm very vocal about my gender expansive identity and that's allowed people that work not directly under me but in general on the the level below you yeah on the level below me it's like a very non-hierarchical office this is not language i'm familiar with (laughs) um but on the level below me will seek me out when they need support in things like this whether or not that's talking to students talking to teachers talking to other members of my workplace Mm -hmm. about their gender expansive identities about students gender expansive identities i've just kind of become a resource for if you need Again, I, I'm not cis, but somebody who currently has more emotional bandwidth to expend on these education conversations. Right. And of course, part of then my role, as I see it, is empowering the other people to be able to educate as well so that like when I leave next year, <laughs> somebody else can do it. Yeah. 
but like there's no shame even in a professional moment of reaching out to a colleague or reaching out to somebody else to be like I need support in having this conversation around my identity yeah because I mean people do need to learn yeah. and it's hard to do it on your own it's hard to do it on your own but you don't have to mm. yeah actually and maybe something that'd be helpful as well is like think about how you learned this true yeah. I learned it in a class literally being taught gender expansive curriculum. I learned it through cultural osmosis on Tumblr over the course of roughly five years and then a very sudden crash course in non-binary identities because my partner came out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I mean, that's also true. Like I learned it from that class, but I also learned it from you being trans, right? right? Yeah. I mean, I think both of us were at one point in our lives in the uninformed category. Like I knew very little about transgender people in the, like, genuinely, not the like, willfully, just the genuinely. Like, genuinely, like, I didn't know how, I mean, I might have been a little willfully ignorant because I kind of didn't want to be trans when I, like, before mm. I came out, you know, so I was kind of avoiding learning about it. I was like, that's definitely not me. I'm oh, not. I feel like I was always just very genuinely. Um, not because I'm, like, so much better than just, I don't know, I just. Right. But, like, I think that that is something that, you know, people can grow and yeah. will grow. I think I think a lot of people are fundamentally good and fundamentally want to learn also hot take and this is just like l spicy take of the episode but here it goes um if we could like if i could snap my fingers and magically educate everybody on gender at least a quarter of them would come out as some form of nonsense hot take oh my god yeah if not many many more yeah i just think that's true I i'm think- batting almost a quarter on how many freaking people have started using they them in my office place after i did like <sighs> it's i mean for real i, I think i think i'm up to five people have started using they them in my office after me yeah not I, that like my single experience made them do that but you know but i mean yeah I, I think it had something are, to do with it yeah i think that this is something that will also, the more people learn about it, the more people will identify with it. Because and the I, more we normalize it, too. Right, yeah. 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 Absolutely. The more that it's, like, not a big freaking deal to have they, them on your pronoun, on your Zoom handle, name. What a year. What a year. What a year it's already been, huh? Oh, don't even. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is there anything else uh, that feels left unsaid? I think that takeaways mm-hmm. are... You are well within your rights to do everything you can to get away from people who are actively hateful. Right. Everything you can. Everything you there can. There is no reason that you have to try and stay and educate them or wait for them to change. Mm-hmm. If people are being actively hateful to you, do everything you can. Yeah. And a subnote on that is sometimes people who are actively hateful know a weirdly lot about gender. Like, yeah. They might be trans. They might be queer. They might be just weirdly well informed about the language around gender that doesn't make them because they've done research to be hateful with yeah no screw those people get away get away i'm out outie 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 yep okay then up next another takeaway is it's never your responsibility to educate anybody however somebody has to educate these people and your life might be better off if these people are educated so there are low impact ways that you can just like nudge them into being educated be like hey here's this link i would really love if you'd read this article (laughs) or like hey here's like three definitions in an email that i just really would love you to know yeah yeah um this does not have to be a big huge conversation Mm -hmm. but small things like or like hey here's one resource that i trust can you 
in your own time, look it over. Because like I, I like, like I mentioned, I think a lot of people just need a little nudge or like yep. a little bit of guidance in how to do the research, and they'll happily do it on their own. Right. And then takeaway number three is that it is okay to seek support in doing this, no matter what the scenario. If there is somebody who educating this individual in question would be less emotional bandwidth for, you can ask them and be like, hey, would you have a conversation with this person? Or like, hey, I would love your support in having a conversation with this person. Yeah. All right. I think that's where we're going to wrap it up this week for this episode of Gender Journeys, the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, uh, I am one of your hosts, Josie, and I am joined by your other host, my lovely partner, Al. Bye, y'all. And until next time, just keep thinking about it. Music for Gender Journeys composed by Sonia Badash. If you want to stay up to date with Gender Journeys episodes or just want to say hi, you can follow us on Twitter at gender underscore journeys or on Tumblr at genderjourneys.tumblr.com. You can also find us online at josiewrites.com slash genderjourneys. We hope to hear from you soon.